Hello and welcome to Extra Credit, the podcast that connects you with what's happening in Hamilton County Schools and answers your most pressing questions. I'm your host, Cody Patterson, and today we're kicking off a weekly summer series called Behind the Board. The goal of Behind the Board is for our listeners to get to know each member of the Hamilton County School Board. And today's guest is Tucker McClendon, who serves as Hamilton County School Board member from District 8. Tucker, thanks for joining us. How are you? What's new with you this morning? Thank you for having me. Doing great this morning. Got me some coffee and, and getting the day started. And you're and just so you know, for our listeners, you are the inaugural kickoff for this series. So heavy burden on you to set set the tone for future board members. We'll set the bar high. Yeah, and 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 it really is meaningful for our listeners. I know a lot of people, you know, hear about the school board in the news. They tune into meetings, and so I think this is a great way for them to get to know you, both as a member, your vision, but also as a person and what you do outside of the board. Uh, as as they get to know us as a district and and you as a board member more. So let's dive right in. So tell our listeners a little bit about you. What's what's the story of Tucker leading up to the Board of Education? Yeah, so um, it's like many people in Hamilton County. I went to public school here. I started at East Brainerd Elementary, went to Udawah Middle, uh, graduated from Udawah High, um, and from there graduated from UTC. Um, while I was in college my senior year, I decided to run for the school board, um, and a lot of stuff kind of led up to that. Uh, being an Udawah alumni, everything that had happened there in the past sure um, and really saw a uh, lack of leadership from the district in everything that was happening and so really I just said um, I can be a keyboard warrior and write letters to the editors or do whatever or I can you know put up or shut up and I decided hey I'm 23 at the time I have nothing to lose um, let's put it out all in the line and and go uh, run a campaign and ended up winning uh, by 132 votes, uh, and uh, the rest is history. The, it's been a it's been a fabulous three years. I love that. And you talked about you know being motivated to join. So you know, you mentioned. So tell our listeners, you know, the year you were elected, and and really that core vision when you stepped into the office. Yeah. So um, I was elected in uh, 2018. Um, so Dr. Johnson had been here about a year ish, um, and I really saw where the board could go. I saw that we had a young, um, intelligent leader um, that had this, the right things to get this district where it needed to be, um, and that made me really excited. Um, but I also thought it would be interesting to have someone like me that is a public a public school product, um, and that's you know only when I was you know out of uh, college, you know five years removed from a high school setting. Mm-hmm. So it brought a un- unique perspective uh, in, in my opinion, and I think it's paid off to have that perspective. Um, on the board. Especially for people in the county who are under 30, right? Trying to find somebody that they connect with and it's kind of the same season of life. And and you mentioned, you know, being a public school product. So from your perspective, why is public education so important? So I think we, we hear the saying, you know, there is no silver bullet to whatever problem there is. Um, I actually think education is that silver, silver bullet. Um, Unless you win the lottery, there's not many things that can change the course of your family's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and education is that. If you go to school, you get a great education. And as we as a district offer a great education to every single student in this district, no matter where they live, um, the impacts of that can be just life-changing for students. Um, if a student can get scholarships to go to college or they can go leave uh, high school with you know, accreditations in a trade, um, that can that can just change a, a family's life forever. 
Um, and so when I look at that and I look at the work that we're doing through Future Ready 2023 and what we saw, um, you know, two years ago with our state scores, it's it gets me excited because we're making progress to, you know, offering a great education to every single student and on the path to along that path is, is changing students' lives and giving them opportunity they might not otherwise have. And, and digging into that a little bit, as you stepped in, you know, you mentioned it was a, a period where, you know, the district was suffering. And, and what are some of the things that you've been excited about just over the last, and we'll get, we'll get to COVID in a minute, so hold off on that commentary, but things that have really excited you since you've been on the board from where we have been. Yeah. So I think um, Future Ready Institutes, I think that is um, just a home run kind of uh, product. And it's been a model Mm -hmm. across this country now. Um, I think uh, what we've done for recruitment and retainment of our teachers gets me really excited. And then I think um, from a personal level, uh, and this is getting into the weeds, but our board is so high functioning. Um, I, I think I saw boards, I was just engaged. I saw boards that weren't necessarily engaged, highly effective, and our board is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have our moments and everyone sees those publicly, but we are very highly effective. We're, we're, we're just a really good board, I, I think, right now. And so um, I think just everything has kind of come together. I mean, we, we will get to COVID, but I think that threw a wrench in it. But I think you saw how quickly this district responded. And I think that's a testament to the board. I think it's a testament to Dr. Johnson and his team. And then, of course, our teachers who, who you know, do the brunt of the work and, and they just knocked it out of the park. Well, and thinking about, so we'll just kind of, we'll step into the COVID conversation now. So obviously this last year, you know, I think the most popular word I've seen in Google and in news articles is unprecedented, Mm -hmm. right? And so thinking about when the schools had to close last year and the expectation, the uncertainty in the community around what are we going to do about school? Walk me through just your reflections of when you got that call that this is what we're doing, and then what you did as a board member, what the board did to kind of push that work forward. So um, I think all of this started, um, our inboxes, and I can probably speak for the board, started to get flooded with emails about moving spring break last year. (laughs) Uh, This was supposed to be a two-week thing, and we were going to move up spring break so we didn't have to, you know, extend the school year. Sure. Um, And, of course, people weren't happy about that, understandably. Um, You know, it ended up being no one was traveling anyway, and, you know, we were closed the the entire year. Um, So that's kind of my first real COVID experience, it was like, how do we deal with this? You know, are we going to have to vote on this? That kind of thing. And what and, was going through your mind as all this is unraveling? You're like, man, like what, what's kind of the emotional? I mean, uh, you know, emotionally it was just, um, I, what, what's going on. I mean, I'm in a event production business with the, mm-hmm. with the market. And so that was all just unraveling. Um, and then there's also, okay, we have 44,000 kids. What, what's going on? And 6,000 employees. We were in the middle of budget season. Everybody's looking at you, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone's looking to us like, what's going on? Are, are people going to get laid off? Or what's the budget implications and mm. all this? And so it was just looking back, it was just a, 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 everything was hitting you from all sides. Um, but I think, you know, we responded. And I mean, within uh, three weeks, we were, we were hitting the ground running. And, and Dr. Johnson and his team were just, I mean, as we've seen, you know, a model for, for the country on how to respond to, to COVID. When if you think about in some of these stats, uh, you know, I've, I've seen lately, but we're currently tracking, you know, to have been in person, in-person instruction, 88% of the school year. Okay. What does that mean to you? How, how dynamic do you think that is compared to what you've seen across the country? 
Yeah, I think um, I think the board from, you know, once we got to summer and we knew we were going to try to go back in person, it was vitally important for us to get into school. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with the first semester. And I think one thing, um, and, and going back to why I was on wanted to be on the board is, there seems to be a lack of just common sense um, on the board prior to when I got on and, and prior to Dr. Johnson arriving. And I think that's one thing we just kind of put at the forefront, like, let's do this. Let's do it smart. Let's put the common sense approach, but let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what we did. We did it safely. Um, we, we showed that it can be done. And then when, you know, COVID kind of got out of control towards the end of the semester, we reacted to that. Um, and not really Which is react- when I started, by the y- way. Yeah. I, got, I got here right when it beat. So I, I say we reacted, but we were actually very proactive in letting parents know mm-hmm. this is coming. Um, so we didn't really react to it. But you know, we had a plan in place and, and we followed that. And then the same thing into January. And now we're smooth sailing, um, knock on wood for the rest of the school year. And August, you know, of this year looks to be pretty normal. Um, so I think it's just, um, I can't say it enough. It's a testament to, to, to this community, to this school system, to our leadership on how, how much we've done. And another interesting note, kind of a last reflection here on COVID is that our, our teachers are currently sitting at 62% vaccination rate and I've not seen any number higher than that for any other trade or industry I mean what are your thoughts about that to me it's just remarkable yeah I think um you know once we got we were told that one-to-one health was going to come in and do the vaccinations I think um it's great I think anytime that we can do something to help the greater community and that's basically what we did we said we're going to put this burden off of the health department because we have six thousand employees so you're talking 3,500 people have gotten vaccinated Mm -hmm. taking that off of the public uh health system um, and doing it ourselves is is just a huge win for this community and it moved our vaccination uh process you know quicker um, but I think it's just, um, it's, it's incredible. And I'm glad that we have 62% of our teachers that have the vaccination. I got the vaccination. Um, and I think it's just one step in getting us back to, to normal. And such a key strategy in keeping school open as we start thinking about next year and, and expectations and what that's going to look like. Uh, but it's, it's been an incredible year. And just as somebody who's fairly new, you know, just to see, kind of with those fresh eyes uh, what's been going on it's been it's been incredible so as we kind of start to close here just a few kind of closer questions here but what's one thing our listeners may not know about you something interesting something nerdy something fascinating what what would you put out there for our listeners god um i'm really a boring person i mean i I hate to say it that way oh don't Um, undersell yourself i I really am i mean you know besides the market the school board yeah uh, okay tell us a little bit about chattanooga market for people you know who don't have a lot of background context talk about that a little yeah so we're we're one of the largest producer only uh farmers markets in the south so we're at the first horizon pavilion every sunday um, you know, from 11 to four and it's, you know, all kinds of great local businesses. I'm a big person of local. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing, um, I probably should admit, you know, newly, uh, engaged, hey, hey, uh, middle congrats. of March, That's got great. engaged to, to my fiance, Caitlin. Um, and our life pretty much revolves around our dog. Other than that, I'm, I just kind of, I'm a homebody, um, most of the time. And, and besides watching sports with my roommates and stuff, there's, there's not much more to me than that. There we go. Well, I love that. I think that's very interesting. I wouldn't undersell that at all. Uh, so as we think about next year, we're, we're getting a lot of questions. Obviously, we're promoting and discussing summer reach, you know, to, to really engage our students, cement what they've learned this year, and prepare them to be leaders in learning next year. 
but what's one thing that you're really, really excited about? All COVID talk aside for this upcoming school year, if you had to limit it to one thing. Normalcy. I think that's one thing that we, um, that I find myself kind of falling back on, like what is normal? Um, we've had a whole year of not seeing relatives. We went out to eat with my fiance's parents last night for the first time in 14 months. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I think just having that normalcy, you know, what is a normal Friday night at the football stadium at Easter Edge? Mm -hmm. Um, what is going to visit one of my schools without having to, you know, call the principal and say, Hey, can you do this? You know, not wearing masks, that kind of thing. And so I think, um, it's pretty simple, but it's just normalcy. I think, um, you know, I think it's as normal as sitting at the, our, our dais in the school board meeting. I hate how we sit now. It just doesn't, it's, it's awkward um, and doesn't bode well for, for conversations sometimes. So I think, our, you know, just, just normal. Mm -hmm. I, I think everyone is craving that. And one thing I don't want this COVID situation to do is, is to interrupt what is normal. I think this is a time and period where we all kind of had to pitch in and, and do our part. Um, but you know, I, I will say one thing is going to Tennessee football games. Okay. I, I'm big, big Vols fan, um, season tickets, uh, and all of that. And so like, I, I, it just goes back to being normal. You know, I think that that's the big thing for me is, um, not getting complacent in this time and this time and place. We, we all have to do our part and we have for the most part, we're getting to the end, but it, it's time to, you know, let's get back to normal. Um, and kind of get through this this phase and this chapter. And, and, you know, the district had some serious momentum, as you mentioned, leading up to COVID with reward schools and just mm -hmm. a lot of school turnarounds. And, and I think we've done a, a strong job of keeping our kids engaged and, and trying to continue that work. So I think that will be exciting, too, to continue that progress that we've made. And so our last question, we ask every guest on the podcast this question, and we always like to end on it. I want you to tell our listeners who was your favorite teacher, if you had to pick one teacher, favorite teacher of all time, and what impact did they have on you and maybe still lives with you even today? Oh, oh gosh. Um, or maybe, you don't, let's not say one, just one that really comes to mind that you've, you know, they've really made an impact and something lives with you even today. So I will, um, I think that the power of public education is, is teachers who are just ordinary people that do incredible things. Um, and so I can, I can name every single teacher I've ever had, basically. Um, but I, I, I can't pick one. I'll pick two. Um, Beverly Hollingsworth um, was uh, our leadership teacher at Udawa High School. Um, just taught me what kindness is and, um, you know, how to be a better person um, and then how to lead. Mm -hmm. And then I think um, Judy Osborne, my first grade teacher at East Brainerd, uh, just an incredible teacher. I mean, just when you look back and I still talk to both of them today. Um, How cool to be on the school board and then having been one of their yeah, well, students. I, we, we walked into this room and Christy Easterly was one of my administrators yep. at Udwal Middle School. And so that's a cool thing being in this role is I, I go into my teacher's classrooms, you know, as, as a board member. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool to see you know, and, and they tell me how proud they are and everything. But, but those two, um, uh, Beverly Hollingsworth and Judy Osborne, probably um, the most impact, but not to undercut any of my other, you know, teachers that I had, because I think every single teacher pours their heart into each of their students in different ways. Um, and so those two just kind of are the two that I, I still talk to um, uh, to this day and, and admire greatly. 
I love that. Well, thanks again for joining us for today's episode, and thank you for joining us for today's episode of Extra Credit, a podcast that connects you with what's happening in Hamilton County schools and answers your most pressing questions. Be sure to join us next time as we continue our weekly summer series behind the board, and don't forget to send any questions you have about Hamilton County Schools to communications at hcde.org. Have a great day, and remember, we are Hamilton. Hamilton.